Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. It's great to have you with us this week. Once again, I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, this week we took a break from our, our the Risen Life series. We had a guest with us all the way from California, Metro Calvary in Roseville, California, Pastor Richard Semino. And uh, he was out here to actually to do a... Uh, a pastor's breakfast. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, he taught on Sunday morning, and he talked from Revelation chapter one. And so, if you missed that sermon, you can you can go and grab it there at whitefieldschurch.com or any of your favorite uh, streaming platforms. Really, really good sermon. Really good uh, gospel-centered content, and something you certainly want to pass on and share uh, with with your friends. And just focused all about Jesus. And uh, and uh, so you can go find that whitefieldschurch.com. Please, if you would rate and review, if you would give us a thumbs up, a like, subscribe, do all those things. It kind of pushes us up, pushes us up, you know, in the the ratings and the algorithm and all that stuff so that when people are asking those questions about life, about God, about what's going on, we can provide them with God-centered, Christ-centered, gospel-centered uh, content and, question, and answers to their questions. So, whitefieldschurch.com, you can get over there and look at that. But, um, the reason that Pastor Richard was with us was basically for the, we'd invited him to come and do the pastor's breakfast, which we hosted here. It's usually hosted down in uh, Calvary Aurora, and it's about south of us, and um, and it's just a time for all the pastors in, in the whole Colorado region, actually, to come out and just fellowship together, one with another, around the Word, and then pray, and let's pray together and worship together. And uh, this time we, we, we were honored to host all these guys up here, all the pastors and leaders from the, the Calvary chapels here around the region. And it was just an amazing, amazing time uh, of fellowship. It's been probably over a year, you'd say, uh, close to a year that we've actually got to meet all together. And uh, we just had uh, just a great time eating uh, and worshiping, fellowshipping. And just, you know, just in the, my prayer group, I just know a lot of the guys were just so grateful to be able just to talk and to meet face to face, not on a Zoom meeting, you know, with uh, a lot of these guys that they have you know, known for many years and have been, you know, been pastoring in this region for many years. So just a great time, sweet time uh, of fellowship with the Lord. And, and Richard brought a, a, a great message message uh, from from the Beatitudes, from Matthew chapter 5, and blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he had just some great points and great, great uh, uh, thoughts to share uh, with the pastors. And we just wanted to just talk a little bit about that this morning. Sure. Yeah, Richard talked about meekness on Friday. And I thought that was an interesting topic um, because, um, you know, meekness, we generally think, okay, what does it mean to be meek? But it, it seems to be a pretty important word in the Bible. So, for example, um, that word meek is the only descriptor you, Jesus used to describe himself, you know, when he said, I am meek. Um, that would be like the primary way he described himself. And that's also a throwback to the prophecy of Zechariah that when Jesus would come in his triumphal entry, that he would come meek and seated on a donkey. And what does it mean to be meek? Well, uh, Richard helped us understand that, you know, on the one hand, I've always thought of meekness as being like power under control. And he brought that out, but he brought out another aspect of it. And that is that if you look at Jesus, here's a, here's a man who has all power and authority, right? He says that in Matthew 28, all power and authority has been given to me. And, um, and yet he doesn't use his power and authority 
to serve himself. Rather, he uses it to serve others. And uh, I was talking with Richard afterwards, and he said, you know, really, that's the essence of sin, is when you serve your, you use power and authority to serve yourself at the expense of others. That's sin. Whereas um, love and meekness is using power and authority um, to serve others rather than serve yourself. Um, you do it at your own expense. And so, you know, one of the things he said was that meekness is when you, you choose not to impose your will on others. And that in order for us to be meek, we have to have a real and radical trust in God's sovereignty, in God's love, in God's providence, in God's power. Um, and I think that's, that's really true. You're essentially entrusting yourself to God. And one thing that he brought up, which, which I wasn't aware of, is that that verse, blessed are the meek, in Matthew chapter 5, is actually a throwback or a quote or an allusion to Psalm 37. And, um, and maybe you had that psalm and some thoughts on that. Well, I just, just some of the, the, when you read it, it just, it kind of takes you back, you know, um, I, I love this Psalm, uh, but you know, um, do not fret, you know, not fret yourself because of evildoers, be not envious of, of wrongdoers, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. And of course, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But I love these two here. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And, you know, I, I think for me, one of the, you know, one of the thoughts that, you know, he, what he said in his message on Friday was just that, uh, that we, this is kind of one of the things probably for us as Christians that we've really failed at over the last year was trusting in the Lord that he will act, that he will bring justice, you know, as the noonday. And, you know, as he said, we've been probably been, as he, I think he used that phrase a couple times, steamrolling, you know, <laughs> imposing our will on, on, on people around us, whether, you know, whatever it might be on a political viewpoint or a medical viewpoint or whatever it might have been, you know, and, and not taking on that persona of Jesus as being meek, you know, power under control, but but just kind of letting it all out, steamrolling, whether it's, you know, sitting at your keyboard uh, on social media or whether it's in conversations or on the phone or things like that. And I think that was, for me, as a point, point I think that was well well taken, was that that, that should have been our stance, you know, many ways as, as, a, as a church, you know, to representing Christ, representing who he was, he was meek, power under control, you know, and I thought that was a very important point he made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. <laughs> yeah. So that one, of course, was not recorded. So you'll just have to take our words for it. But uh, Sunday's was recorded. And you can get that at whitefieldschurch.com. But we want to get a preview now for Sunday morning as we get back to the Risen Life series. And you can also find that at your favorite uh, streaming platforms. But we're getting back to the Risen Life. And we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, the, the whole you know, topics that we're going to be looking at are the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And one of those, and you'll be looking at on Sunday, is when he appears to Thomas. And we look at Doubting Thomas as he has been come to know. Yeah, Doubting Thomas. Um, feel bad for the guy, you know. He's uh, 
He's like, he doubted for like a day, well, a week. He doubted yeah, yeah, for a yeah. week. And then he uh, doesn't doubt anymore, but he can't live down the nickname. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, man, poor guy. He's like, hey, I'm not doubting anymore. Can we just call me, can you just call me Tom? Right. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, doubting Tom is interesting because I think it with his story and, and another place, there's another interesting passage in Matthew 28 where it says that, they met Jesus on this hill in Galilee where Jesus had told them to meet him. And it says that they worshiped him, but some doubted. And how do you do that? How do you, and, and what that tells us is that doubt is not antithetical to worship, right? You can worship and still have sincere doubts. What matters is what you do with your doubts. And I would say that doubt should never be seen as a destination that you want to arrive at. It should never be your goal, you know, to, to have doubts and just live in that place, right? Doubts are unanswered questions. But here's what happens with Thomas, right? As soon as he gets the evidence and as soon as he sees the, the facts, he has to make a decision and his decision is that he has to believe because Jesus even tells him, don't unbelieve, rather believe or don't disbelieve, but rather believe. And, um, and Thomas does. And actually Thomas makes a profession about Jesus' deity that's perhaps the strongest of any of the disciples. So Thomas goes from, from doubting or at least having sincere questions to having those questions answered, but then you got to take that next step. You know, see, I think sometimes people are like, okay, I have these doubts, I have these questions. And then even when they get sufficient information to answer that question, they still kind of want to live in that place of not, not uh, saying yes or no. They mm -hmm. want to ride the fence still. And I think that's what we see with Thomas. And I think that we should actually commend Thomas because once he got the information, he actually took the step of, of believing. And what that tells us, if Jesus tells us, don't disbelieve, but believe, that means that there's an aspect of faith and belief in God that is volitional, meaning it, it's, it's a choice that you make. Now that, that doesn't mean, that isn't to preclude the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody's heart, to open their heart, to open their eyes, but also means that there's a point where you have to put down your yes. You have to, uh, you have to say, okay, I'm going to respond in faith. I'm not going to continue riding the fence. I'm not going to live in this place of doubt. So doubt can be a station that we pass through, but it should never, we should never see it as our goal to make that the destination that we, that we live at. Yeah. And, uh, Pastor Richard had a great illustration on Sunday morning about getting into the wheelbarrow. And so if you want to know what that means, download our sermon from Sunday morning and you will find out what we mean about the true step of faith is actually not standing on the sidelines, but getting into the wheelbarrow. But we look forward to uh, this coming Sunday and looking at Thomas. And, you know, we're, we're all, we have all had doubts in our lives, and it's what we do with those doubts. And so there's something that you are dealing with, and there are doubts that you have about the Lordship of Christ, about what is, is what. God has said about himself true is what the Bible said uh, about him true. And uh, yeah, come out, come on out on Sunday, invite a friend, come on out as well. You know, if there's people just doubting, they've been on the fence, they have all the information, but they haven't taken that step of faith yet. Just bring them out and uh, come and study the word with us. And we just pray the Holy Spirit will just, you know, help you make that next step. In, in, towards the lordship of Christ, which is the, what the statement that Thomas makes. And so, uh, great having you with us again this week. Whitefieldschurch.com, get over there. You can download any of the uh, 
sermons from this past series or on any of your favorite streaming platforms. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.